630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Chad Inside Sports is on the air right now. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. Reed back in the big chair tomorrow. In fact, the big chair will be located at Commonwealth Stadium. They will provide Reed a big chair. I've been assured of this. Oh, so you guys aren't pushing out the chair out of the studio and taking it with you tomorrow, are you? It's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. It's a heavy chair. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get it in the trunk. Uh, I I think, I know what Reed drives. Yeah. Um, It doesn't work yeah so oh yeah you know he could wheel himself all the way there but that's <laughs> why would you do that and it gets the law too yeah hey good point we'd, good point we'd have to spend like hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars on tow permits and you name it so yeah yeah uh, oh absolutely so and i don't think he'd take too kindly in being wheeled down to commonwealth wrapped up in all this caution and safety and high visibility tape yeah. and stuff be a great story until you know yeah, the inevitable happens, and we don't want to make Sid Smith our, our boss, Matt. Yes. So that no, would definitely happen. I'm not happen. making that phone call. Hey, Sid, yeah, uh, Reed's in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> so he will drive. He will drive uh, to the stadium tomorrow. It's the CFL 2016 Canadian College Draft. So Reed will be down there letting you know who the Eskimos select with their first pick at eight at eight overall if they keep the pick that's always that's always the you know the speculation and how many teams are going to hold on to their picks trade up trade down that sort of thing the riders have the first pick quite likely they'll trade it if the cards are right and you know there's definitely going to be a very good alignment available for the riders to draft but they need help now with their Canadians, and if there's someone out there that they covet that could come in from the Canadian standpoint and help them right away, because the Riders have been busy. Chris Jones has been very busy and signing a lot of free agents, but if you look at his Canadian cupboard, it's quite thin, quite bare. You're not going to find a lot of items there that will uh, nourish you. So... Anyway, we'll uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow, but it will be uh, it'll be interesting. It'll, it's always interesting in the CFL draft in the first round to see what teams do. But you'll hear from Ed Hervey, the general manager. You'll hear from Jason Moss, the head coach. You'll hear from Morley Scott, who is uh, the play-by-play voice of the Eskimos. Our first game, by the way, coming up June 11th in Calgary, McMahon Stadium, preseason game number one of two. Preseason goes fast. Goes real quick. And preseason sked is what Calgary in Calgary and then back here to play Saskatchewan. That's right. First to three meetings with Chris Jones and his riders. Boy, that's <laughs> they get right after it, don't they? With the rivalries with Calgary first and then oh, they Saskatchewan sure do. right after. Jeez. Oh, they do. I'm not complaining. That's great, but you know, 
No rest for the wicked. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and, you know, let's just get right into it. The uh, the vitriol, the, the venom, the uh, people who can't stand Chris Jones for leaving and taking the entire coaching staff. Well, that would be a good crowd to, to to go see a game with, for sure. Oh, That'd absolutely. Be a good crowd that night. You betcha. This mm-hmm. half hour brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fix right or it's free guarantee visit actionfurnace.ca we are endeavoring to get a hold of uh, patrick russell we're just having trouble connecting and when you make international calls sometimes they just they just don't work so you know our phone systems seem to be having trouble uh connecting with patrick russell but he was one of two college players to sign today to two-year entry-level contracts uh russell out of saint cloud state in the NCAA and had himself a uh, pretty good season last year uh, with St. Cloud State. 41 games, had 41 points, 14 penalty minutes, plus 24 rating, set career highs in goals with 20 assists in 21, with 21 and points in 41 in just his second season with the Huskies. Born in Denmark, uh, but has played in the U.S., has played in uh, a lot of locations is in Thailand right now because that's where his dad is from. His mom is from Denmark, in Copenhagen. So, well-traveled. And also, Drake Kajula signed out of the University of North Dakota, also a two-year entry-level contract. And uh, Shirelli talks about Kajula and uh, what he brings to the table. Drake's a good, he's a good prospect. He's one, he, he's one of those guys that, that will play. Um, he's very smart. He's got good speed. But the thing, the reason why he'll play because he's 5'10", 185, and that is a, a bit of an obstacle for him. The reason why he'll play is that he's his hockey sense and his grit, and when you combine that stuff with those two ingredients with with skill, these guys find a way to play. So, no accident that there were, I would I would suspect there were 29 teams after this player, um, but he's got you know he's got to learn he's got to learn the pro game. Uh, he's got to learn to temper his aggression, which you may ask, why would we get some of the temper their aggression? Well, if he gets too aggressive for an uh, undersized guy, he's going to get hurt. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's been real big in big games. So happy to get him. He's still got some work to do, uh, but he, uh, he enjoyed his visit with us. He enjoyed what we were, uh, our plan we were pitching. And uh, um, so we're, he, we look at him like a, a free draft choice. Kajula says pretty happy about signing with the oil. Yeah, it was, it was a long process. It, it took a few weeks for me to really figure out, uh, you know, what was the best situation for myself and where did I feel most comfortable. And uh, I went on a few different visits to a, uh, a couple different places. And, uh, you know, when I was in Edmonton, I something just hit home. It, it felt like, uh, you know, it felt like the right place to me. I, I, I enjoyed the coaching staff and the general manager, Pete Pavelli. Um, you know, I just felt very comfortable there. And then obviously it's a great young, talented team with uh, a lot of good young core players. And, uh, you know, I'd like to hopefully be a part of that core and kind of grow up uh, with all those guys together and uh, hopefully be a part of something special. And Kajula is uh, a bit of an undersized player. He's at 5'10", under 200 pounds. And that's been the knock on him going way back uh, you know, draft eligibility and that sort of thing uh, has been his size. And that's, admittedly, Kajula says that has been 
something that he's carried with him has been a bit of a chip on his shoulder. But who does he pattern his game after? And when you hear who he does pattern his game after, makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, guys in the league right now, I'd take someone like Zach Parisi or, or Brad Marchand, just smaller guys who, who play with a lot of emotion and play with a lot of uh, you know heart, heart tenacity. And uh, you know, but they also have the offensive ability to make plays. And um, you know, those are guys I, I definitely look up to. Another guy would be someone like Martin St. Louis because he kind of had the same story. He, uh, you know, he was passed up in the draft and got cut from teams and eventually made it. And everyone counted him out being a smaller forward. But uh, you know, he's probably uh, one of the best forwards of of all time. And uh, you know, I look up to someone like that, and it's uh, you know, it it gives me hope that I can do it too. So in. Peter Shirelli talked about this like in a free draft pick, and the Oilers need help in their draft uh, area, and hopefully that will be something that they'll start to rectify this draft. Hopefully it was starting to rectify itself last draft under Peter Shirelli's uh, first year as general manager. But they need prospects. They need depth. They need to have Bakersfield filled with prospects. They need to play their prospects. So could Drake Kajula see himself with the Oilers this year? Maybe not. Does he have to? Probably not. But uh, Bakersfield has to start developing more prospects. This organization has to simply draft better. So, or else this team's going to be struggling, struggling, struggling to always fill the cupboard with good, good prospects and scrambling. Because you can't all you can't fix your problems through the free agency, and I think that's in any sport that doesn't work. That doesn't work. They need to start developing their own better. They they have quality first round picks for the most part. Um, after round two over the, over recent years has not been very good at all. It's been dreadful. So the Oilers need to find a way to uh, stock up their depth, and hopefully Drake Kajula and Patrick Russell more Kajula right now than Russell. Russell is a bit of a project, and that's what Peter Shirelli has said. Need to work on the foot speed, need to work on just his overall game, and he'll get the chance to do that in Bakersfield. Also today, Guy Boucher is back in the National Hockey League. Guy Boucher, remember him? I got a scar on my cheek. I like to explode on the bench. <laughs> Led Tampa Bay to a Eastern Conference Final in uh, 2011, and then after that, they missed the playoffs for the next two years, and Guy Boucher found himself out of a job. But he says, why Why are the Sens a good fit? Well, this is what he said. So I'm very enthusiastic, extremely excited uh, to be surrounded by uh, quality individuals, but also people that are uh, dedicated to winning. It's clear for me when, when we see uh, how passionate the owner is, uh, it is contagious. Uh, when I see how Pierre, what Pierre's done over the years, uh, I feel that the quality of the players that he's brought in and his eye for talent has been absolutely uh, terrific. And it's solid ground to build on. Also for um, the players, the team, I think there's great upside and potential uh, to tap into and something that uh, is very exciting uh, for me uh, for the next weeks is to uh, obviously start meeting the players and start to get to know them because I think that's the beginning of everything. So we'll see what the uh, Guy Boucher era brings in Ottawa with the Senators. Third period of play, well underway in St. Louis. Stars lead 3-1. Stars hang on to win this game. They will force a Game 7 back in Dallas. The Predators, after being down 2 to nothing, 
have come all the way back to tie the game at two. And the tying goal from the Predators comes from Ryan Johansson, his fourth of the postseason. Back with more Inside Sports in a moment. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. In the fourth quarter, late stages, Toronto Raptors, 79-77 lead on the Miami Heat. If the Raptors can hang on here, they will have a chance to reach their first ever Eastern Conference Final in game number five back in Toronto later this week. And they're doing this uh, without Jonas Valanciunas, who's out, uh, their starting center is out with a bad ankle. So their bench is uh, having to play well. And that's a big that's a big plus for the Raptors is their bench has played so well in the playoffs. So the Raptors hanging on now they've uh, extended the lead by four points. So it's 81-77. The Raptors out in front, and that'll change soon. <laughs> you know that. Canadian Joey Votto hit one of three Cincinnati homers off of Jonathan Nice, and Reds relievers threw three scoreless innings to close out a 3-2 victory over the Pittsburgh Pirates today. Carlos Beltran hit two of New York's five solo homers in the first three innings. Ardolis Chapman hit a run in his Yankees debut before closing out a 6-3 victory over the slumping Kansas City Royals. Brian McCann, Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks also win deep for the Yankees. Staying in the baseball world, person familiar with negotiations says that Steven Strasburg has agreed to a new contract with the Nationals that will pay him $175 U.S. over seven seasons starting in 2017. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a lot of money being doled out, like usual, in the major leagues of baseball. Uh, the Jays are in action. They're taking on the San Francisco Giants as uh, they begin a long road trip, top of the first 0-0. They played in Toronto yesterday against the LA Dodgers and had to make the long, long trek out west. So to them it's probably, well, it's <laughs> they think it's like 10.30 almost, so they're probably half asleep and it's only in the first inning. So, <laughs> so far so good <laughs> for the uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> oh, boy. There's one other game uh, going on tonight in the NBA, by the way. Golden State Warriors taking on the Portland Trailblazers. That's at 8.30. And Golden State trying to take a three games to one lead in that series. Reigning MVP, Steph Curry, is going to play in that game, by the way, against uh, Portland. Did not appear to be hampered by the sprain he sustained in Game 4 of the first-round series against the Houston Rockets during the pregame warm-up, warm so good news for them. Canada with an 8-0 win over Belarus at the World Hockey Championship, so they stay perfect. And their next game is... I have to look that up. So we'll get it for you. Do we have uh, Patrick Russell? Kellen, we do. Okay. We're going to talk to him right now. Patrick Russell, the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers, talking to us all the way from Thailand. Patrick, uh, we've had trouble connecting with you, but thanks for spending a few minutes here tonight on uh, Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry about this connection. It's kind of a hit or miss. 
Not not a problem. International calls are always a little stinky, so uh, we appreciate yeah. your patience. And uh, what I should say, good morning to you. What time is it over there in Thailand? Uh, it's uh, nine twenty-three in the morning right now. So day's just getting started, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. So I think I'm thirteen hours ahead of you guys, right? Right. That that is correct. Yeah, eight twenty-three here. So. Mm-hmm. So as you were going yeah. to bed, you uh, you had signed a contract with the Edmonton Oilers, two-year entry-level deal. Uh, tell me about the contract. You know, it's a, it's a great opportunity, obviously. And when I knew Edmonton was interested, I I knew that's where I wanted to go. It's such a great place, great organization, and I'm really excited and honored to be a part of it. What sold you even before the Oilers came around and 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 spoke to you? Because you you you've said I've read the quotes from you, and you just confirmed it now that you know Edmonton was a destination that really interested you. Why? You know, it's just um, we got a young core, um, a new GM, a great head coach, and I, I really believe that uh, the organization has a bright bright future ahead of it, and hopefully, I could be a part of that. You played with Todd McClellan's son. Yes, I did. I uh, back in the USHL, I played with Tyson for uh, the Waterloo Blackhawks. So you had a little inside look at the uh, at your eventual head coach, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't met him yet, but uh, I'm uh, great friends with Tyson. He's a, he's a really good guy. Tell me about your journey. Uh, you're, you're born in Denmark. You're well traveled. Um, how did you end up in the NCAA? So I, I played in Denmark and. Um, I kind of decided that I wanted to try a little bit more, so I moved to Sweden uh, when I was 15 to go to high school there. Played there for four years, and uh, then I went to the USHL, and in the USHL, then I committed to St. Cloud. So you played in a lot of systems and a lot of style of hockey, like different styles of hockey, I imagine. Yeah, you could say that. You know, it's uh, different in Sweden. Uh, compared to over here, so I think that's something that could help me along the way. Sure. How would you describe yourself as a player? What, what's what's your type of uh, game that suits you the best? You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of the greedier player. I, uh, I'm a big size guy. I like to protect the puck, be in front of the net, uh, doing the physical plays. So yeah, for sure, a, a big size player. Which is what the Oilers want. That's what they're trying to, uh, I guess, build with Peter Shirelli as mm. general manager. So I guess you mm. fit right in, hopefully, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. That's, uh, I hope so. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Patrick Russell, uh, newest member of the Edmonton Oilers, who signed a two-year entry-level contract today, or I guess in your case yesterday. Uh, he joins us from Thailand <laughs> on uh, 630 Chat Inside Sports. Two years at St. Cloud State, had a good year last year, uh, set career highs and goals and assists and points. Uh, 41 points in 41 games. Uh, what was the key to your success at St. Cloud? Uh, you know, it's just um, keep working hard. I had a had a pretty decent freshman year, and I kind of knew what I was coming back to, and I just kept working harder and harder, and it uh, it helped me. And we obviously had a really good team, and yeah, I uh, it was a really good year. Do you expect to be in Edmonton uh, for their development camp? Yes, I do. Very good. Very good. Then that's the uh, next opportunity that uh, Oilers fans will get to see you. So uh, now tell me, why why are you in Thailand? Well, uh, my dad lives here. Uh, he works here uh, for a Norwegian phone company. So it's it's kind of cool to come around the world and see some different cultures besides the one you live in. 
back in the States. So, yeah, I like it here. The heat's, though, a little tough, I hear, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you'll, you'll, I'm a little sweaty sometimes, but it's okay. <laughs> Well, you're you're happy. Uh, you got a you got your first pro contract. Uh, very exciting for you, Patrick Russell. Thanks for joining us at uh, what is just before nine thirty in the morning in Thailand, which is not bad because now I got the whole day to do whatever you want. So, uh, thanks for spending a few minutes with us here tonight on Monday evening here on in, on Inside Sports. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Appreciate it. There you go, Patrick Russell, uh, joining us all the way from uh, Thailand, where his dad lives. His mom is from. Copenhagen in Denmark. Russell can speak Danish, Swedish, and fluent English. And as you can tell, he's got a European accent, but uh, doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really come through. His sister, by the way, plays for the Danish women's national hockey team. And Russell is well-traveled. He's been to India, the United Arab Emirates, Thailand, Europe, now North America. He is uh, definitely someone that is have uh, is very well cultured, saw different kinds of styles of hockey, and now he's a member of the Edmonton Oilers and a bit of a project, according to Peter Shirelli, but someone that definitely fits the mold of what they are looking for, a big forward that can play physical, bust the cycle, or, or uh, sorry, not bust the cycle, but cycle the puck. They don't have a lot of cycle players in the system, but it's uh, we'll see what happens. Drake Kajula is probably their number one prospect right now as far as their forwards in Bakersfield. So we'll see what happens. But the Oilers are restocking their system. They need to badly because of the draft picks that just haven't panned out in the bad drafts and that sort of thing. So the Oilers have a lot of work to do this summer uh, as far as draft picks go and trying to restock their system. So thanks to thanks big time to Patrick Russell joining us from Thailand. News is next for, with uh, Morgan Smith in the 630 Chet 24-hour news center. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, a man who is uh, about to say goodbye to an excellent broadcasting career here in Canada, Jerry Dobson of Sportsnet. We'll talk to him next. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Eight thirty-five. It's getting interesting now in St. Louis. Three-two. Late in the third period, as Patrick Berglund has scored his third goal of the playoffs. So late in the third, the Blues charging. They're down 3-2 in Game 6 of their second-round Western Conference playoff series. Blues come back and win this game. Series is over. They advance to their first Western Conference final in 15 years. And if the Stars hang on, there will be a Game 7 back in Dallas on Wednesday night. That's a long travel day. Nashville, they hope to take a long travel day uh, tomorrow. They are tied with the Sharks 2-2 in the second period of play. If the Sharks win, they advance to game number, uh, they advance to the Western Conference Final, and the Predators would like to advance to a game seven and take that long flight back to San Jose. Tomorrow, one game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Pittsburgh Penguins host the Washington Capitals in game number six. Matt Murray will start in goal. World Hockey Championships today. Belarus playing Canada, no contest. Ryan O'Reilly scoring twice. 
Canada remains unbeaten, eight-zip route of Belarus. Canada did break a close game open with a four-goal second period. Derek Broussard, Matt Duchesne, Michael Matheson, Corey Perry, Taylor Hall of the Oilers, Mark Stone scored. Cam Talbot, 13 saves for the shutout. Connor McDavid had two assists. Next game for Canada against Germany and a familiar name to Oilers fans, Leon Dreisaitl. 83-83 is the score between the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. I believe they're late in the fourth quarter. So we'll keep you updated on that. Well, uh, real pleasure to be joined by this fellow. And if you're a big soccer fan, if you're a sports fan, the name Jerry Dobson definitely comes to mind. And uh, he joins us now, retiring after a 37-year career and 18-year career at Sportsnet covering soccer. Jerry, nice to have you on the show. But remember, you, you're still working until September 10th, so you still got some, you still got some uh, work to do. So no slacking. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a long goodbye, I guess that might be the best way to put it. I'll finish out the Premier League season, which is a couple of weeks to go, and then over the course of the summer we have ten Toronto FC games to do and uh that'll take me until September and then uh I'll finally say goodbye then and ride off into the sunset. But uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm still gonna be hanging around, that's for sure. When I saw the release, honestly I was a bit surprised, but when you know, there's someone of a big of name as you are in, in Canadian sports television, uh Jerry Dobson's retiring after after 37 years, I went, oh, really? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, part of me went, uh, well, that's great for Jerry. And part of me goes, who am I going to watch my soccer coverage from? Who's going to who's going to deliver it to me? So tell me about the decision to, uh, I guess, hang it up uh, after 37 years of broadcasting. Well, you know, uh, 37 years, 18 of which have been doing Premier League soccer at Sportsnet. I've been there since day one at Sportsnet, and I have loved every minute of it. But I guess, on the other hand, it's one of those situations where I always knew I wasn't going to be the kind of guy that wanted to hang around into my late 60s and 70s and 80 and still doing it because I have other things that I enjoy in life, and I want to take advantage of the fact that uh, that I'm healthy. I still have my health, and uh, my wife and I are very active people. We love to play golf. We love to, to hike and play tennis and travel a lot. And so there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish while I still have my health. And so I felt that the time was right 37 years is a long time when I turned around and thought about that you know 37 years that's a pretty good run and so uh it's time also to, to you know to let somebody younger take over I wanted to to go out when I still felt that I was at the top of my game although some people would argue I've never had a top game but, but I, wrong. I felt you know I felt that uh I don't I don't want to hang on until things start to slip a little bit and you know I wanted to go out when the time was right and I felt that the time was right now so that's when I pulled the trigger well I'll read a line from uh, from your statement uh from the release that uh, announcing your retirement you said I'm excited for a new chapter which will include playing more of the sports I love instead of talking about them and you mentioned a couple of them you like golf and tennis you like to uh, play with your wife and uh, are you a, do you play soccer as well I'm just I'm just wondering because you know no, you know I, I did I did when I was younger okay. I kind of gave that up a few years ago and you know why uh, the reason why is because I find that that so many young guys they play the soccer like every game is for the title 
And it's like, whoa, you know, I don't need any broken ankles. I don't, I don't want you to do my knee. So <laughs> it's enough of that. I'll take a step away from that. So, no, my days of playing soccer, I think, are over. I might kick the ball around in the grass a little yeah. bit. But actually playing soccer, no, I think it's a more leisurely sports for me now. <laughs> Sounds like my experience playing rec hockey. Goodness sakes, I think we're sharing <laughs> yeah, the same I know. experiences here. So. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could translate the same feelings from soccer to hockey. That's for sure in the rec, rec world. <laughs> we're speaking with Sportsnet's Jerry. Dobson, a longtime soccer analyst for the network for 18 years. Uh, he is retiring after 37 years in the broadcasting business. He joins us tonight on 6:30. Chad, Inside Sports. Tell me when you got your start. Uh, you know what? I got my start uh, actually at an all-news radio station that no longer exists. CKO Radio was the station. Uh, and then I sort of got a job at Global Television in the newsroom at the same time. And the reason it happened and I'll always give credit to Centennial College because I was a student at Centennial College, and in the fall semester of the final year, it was a total work placement. You didn't go to school at all. You went to work as an intern, and uh, I was at Global TV, and after about six or eight weeks, I can't remember exactly what it was, there was a series of personnel moves. Somebody quit, somebody you know retired, somebody else got pregnant. I can't remember how it went. And uh, they needed to hire somebody, so who are they going to hire other than the kid that's been there working for them anyway? And they knew what they were going to get in me, so <laughs> they gave me the gave me the job. I was just a you know low man on the totem pole at Global in those days, but uh, one thing went from another, and lo and behold, 37 years later, here we are. And when did your foray into sports broadcasting begin? It began, um, I would say, if I can remember correctly, it was probably a year or so after. I went to Global Television a year or two, perhaps. Global TV had a show called Sportsline. It was uh, hosted by Bob McCown, who's mm -hmm. still with our company, obviously, at, in radio. He was the host of the show, and uh, Bill Bird was a reporter there, and Vic Router was a reporter there, and they needed another reporter, and uh, I just sort of weaseled my way in, I guess is the best <laughs> way to put it. I just did everything I could to be part of that show. And uh, I guess they got tired of me hanging around without actually working for them. So they, they, <laughs> they made the move. And uh, I moved from the news department to the sports department. And uh, I went from there, from Global TV, then on to, on to CFTO and CTV for a number of years there. And then finally Sportsnet, uh, when mm -hmm. Sportsnet launched in 1998. Now, you are known... Like I say, a long career at Sportsnet covering soccer, but you covered a lot of sports uh, other than soccer. Uh, tell me about those experiences of covering Olympics and golf tournaments and, and so many other sports that, you know, basically helped you to become, you know, a really good soccer commentator. Well, you know what I think, Dave, is is the fact that, that I, I for whatever reason, I, I think a lot of it is luck and timing. I... I became a bit of a jack-of-all trades in the sports world, especially in the, the first 15 or 20 years or so of my career, where I got an I had an opportunity to do a variety of sports, and I became very versatile that way. And so I think that helped my longevity because uh, I, you know, if if somebody needed somebody to do something, oh, Dobson can do that. He's done it before, or, or Dobson's good. He can do this. So the Olympic Games were, were great. I mean, I've done six Olympic Games beginning with Calgary in 1998. And when you do the Olympic Games, it really does open up your eyes in terms of, of uh, it makes you better because it's relentless. The hours that you put in preparing, the hours that you put in on the air, uh, you're on the hot seat a lot. 
and it's great preparation. And I have some wonderful memories of doing the Olympics, especially uh, I think my favorite has to be Barcelona in 19, uh, 1992 mm-hmm. when Canada had a terrific rowing team and we won four gold medals in rowing. And I was fortunate enough to be the guy calling the rowing. And so I called all those gold medals for the Canadian team. But I think the Olympics is probably one of the, the big highlights of my career, and I've had lots of them in soccer as well. Golf tournaments, uh, I've never got to cover the Masters. Uh, I got to do a couple of Super Bowls, Grey Cups, different things like that. So uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Jerry Dobson joins us, uh, Sportsnet soccer analyst here on 630 Chet Inside Sports on September 10th. Uh, Jerry will officially be retired after a 37-year broadcasting career in 18 with Sportsnet. Uh, now, when I think of you and soccer coverage, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to say the same thing when they think about Jerry Dobson and soccer coverage on Sportsnet. They also think of the man that you have worked with for so long. I don't know if it's almost, you know, I, I don't know how long it's been. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a <laughs> while, though. But Craig Forrest, who's been a guest on yep. this program uh, a number of times, as you have, uh, tell me about that dynamic, that relationship, how it's grown, and uh, I guess you know, what's it like working with Craig Forrest? Well, you know, Craig Craig actually was still playing the game when I was calling games for Sportsnet. He was still with West Ham in the Premier League, and he was still with the Canadian national team. Uh, in fact, when, when Canada won the Gold Cup with him as the uh, most valuable player and that standout goalkeeper that he was every time he put on the shirt, when Canada won that Gold Cup, and that's one of my most memorable events, calling that Gold Cup victory, he was the goalkeeper in that in those games, in that tournament. So uh, I actually have had the good fortune of calling games where Craig was a goalkeeper and then working for 14 years alongside him on our coverage of the Premier League after he retired. But Craig and I... Uh, uh, developed quite a friendship over the years. I, I call him a, a good friend, uh, and I'm honored to work with him because he was a terrific soldier for Canada all the years through thick and thin and a terrific goalkeeper for West Ham and Ipswich uh, in the Premier League. But but uh, Craig and I, uh, you know what, we, we travel together, we play golf together, we do all kinds of things together. Some, In fact, we are so closely tied together that whenever I'm out somewhere, Uh, It could be anywhere, in a shopping mall or at an event, maybe a sports event, maybe not a sports event, at the home show, at the auto show. People will see me and they'll go, where's Craig? (laughs) And it's like, you know, I I don't live with him. I enjoy his company and we get along great and uh, I have the greatest respect for him, but we're not married. (laughs) But uh, but no, Craig Craig is a great guy, a wonderful uh, soccer player and a wonderful, and has turned into a great broadcaster as well over the years. Tell me, Jerry, how far soccer in this country has come, and, I, and you mentioned you know the Gold Cup win uh, that Craig Forrest was a part of. Um, you know the men's side seems to have a lot of work to do. From my from my perspective, there's been a lot of great women's moments though uh, in, in Canadian soccer. But how far do you think the game? How far has it come? How far has it, or how much has it improved? Uh, and how far does it need to go as far as you know this country being? Uh, you know, maintaining, I guess, and, and being, becoming a, a better soccer power on the women's side and then for the men to kind of elevate and I don't know if they'll ever get close to where the women are. There's just more, more countries that are involved right. in, in men's right. soccer. But uh, where are we at, you think? Well, it's it's a it's a tough road, that's for sure. I mean, there, every country in the world is improving, it seems. And if you're not, uh, if you're not, 
keeping pace, you're losing ground. Um, I think a lot of it, we have, we have a lot of kids playing, and I think there's no question that the quality of those kids is improving all the time. I think we still need some help with coaching and at the organizational level. But, I mean, I, I talk with Craig all the time and with Danny Dicchio and, and Jim Brennan, another former national team player, and Dicchio, a former English player, is now uh, coaching here in Canada. When they, when they talk, I talk to them all the time about the quality of young players that is out there. Um, both the the boys and the girls side and it's unbelievable how many good young players we have and I think we're just ready to kick in the door and and I hope that's the case so I think I think we're on the verge of some great things but the growth of the sport in general is is astronomical I mean when you take what happened with Leicester City winning the Premier League title 10 or 15 years ago or 18 years ago when I first started covering soccer for Sportsnet that would not even be a blip on the radar in Canada. Nobody would pay attention. Nobody would care. It wouldn't be a factor. Uh, but now, I mean, that's a, it became main, a mainstream story. That Leicester story was everywhere. And the, and the Premier League is everywhere now. Soccer is everywhere in the media, much more than it ever was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so I, I think that, uh, that while we still have a ways to go, I think we're on the right track. That's Jerry Dobson, who will, will be retiring after a 37-year career in broadcasting, 18 with Sportsnet as their lead soccer analyst and play-by-play man, uh, September 10th will be his final day, final broadcast at Sportsnet. And he's right about Leicester City, for example, winning officially the Premier League title a week ago. I mean, that was retweeted everywhere and, and talked about on social media and, and in mainstream media and on sportscasts. It led sportscasts at times. and I mean, this was a 5,001 shot. I, and I don't know if we'd be talking about this, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So soccer is building. Soccer is always going to be a tough sell. There's no question about it. But uh, Jerry Dobson, you know, I, I like people who can tell the story. You may not like soccer, but if you like people who can tell the story, you may not become a soccer fan, but it gets you interested. And Jerry Dobson is definitely in that category. There will be a game number seven between the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues. Dallas has just wrapped up game six. They win 3-2, so game seven is back in Dallas on Wednesday. Sharks and Predators end of the second period of play. They're tied at two. Sharks with a win. They'll advance to the Western Conference Final. Predators don't want to do that. They want to force a Game 7 on Wednesday. We'll give you the Raptors story, the Jays story, and we'll wrap up Inside Sports for this Monday evening. Campbell in for Wilkins. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. And that deflected away by Jones. On the board, given back now, Johansson has Neal. His backhander, he scores! There you go, 2-2 heading to the third period. Predators and Sharks. Predators trying to force a Game 7 on Wednesday. Stars did that. They hang on to win 3-2, so Game 7 is on Wednesday back in Big D in Dallas. This half hour brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Troy Brower of the Blues will play in his 
get this, his eighth consecutive Game 7. Dude loves pressure, I guess. He's going, you know, there might be a lot of disappointed players in that St. Louis Blues locker room, and Troy Brower's going, hey, this is my thing. This my thing. Uh, late in overtime, I believe the game is over. I believe Miami has won. Yes, Miami has won over the Toronto Raptors. Just trying to get the score for you here. Anyway, the series is tied at two. This was an ugly, nasty basketball game. This was blech. <laughs> This was bad. 94-87, the Heat win. So series will shift back to Toronto. And I believe that series will continue on Wednesday. Yes, it will. Game number five. The Cleveland Cavaliers, who have already advanced to the Eastern Conference Final, have to be watching this series and laughing their faces off. <laughs> I don't care who we play. We're going to win. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, it's great that the Raptors are, are are going this deep, and I hope they do make it to the Eastern Conference Final, but it's just comedy of errors. Ugh. It's bad. It's very bad basketball. <laughs> Jays in action. They're taking on the San Francisco Giants. Hey, the Jays are up one nothing over the Giants. Top of the third inning. Tomorrow, Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins has the controls. He'll be live from Commonwealth Stadium for the 2016 CFL Canadian College Draft. The Eskimos will pick eighth overall in the first round. Will there be trades? Will Saskatchewan trade their pick? But more importantly, will the, uh, from an Eskimo perspective, will let Herbie make a deal, move up, move out of the first round, get more second-round picks, get a third, get a fourth? He needs some picks. Offensive line. Probably he'll draft, but uh, look for the D-line and then the defensive back area to be addressed as well. Thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate it. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the glass. My name's Dave Campbell. Talk to you soon. See ya. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.